we set free the Lord of life. On his behalf tonight, we've come together and gathered in his name. The Bible says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. And in his name, we've gathered together tonight. All I know tonight is that we're leaving this place changed. We're leaving this place encouraged. I perceive in my heart the Lord saying, it is time for us to know that he's in charge of our lives. The Lord is going to do an amazing work in the midst of his people. The songwriter says, it is well with my soul. To every troubled soul, it is well. To every troubled heart, it is well. When it appears the dream is fast being taken away, it is well. Sometimes it appears the enemy is winning. How many of us have been through it? <laughs> but no, 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 the enemy can't win. When God is in place, the enemy cannot win. And the songwriter says, say to yourself, it is well with my soul. The circumstances notwithstanding, it is well with our soul tonight. I just believe the Lord has brought a song to us to encourage some hearts in this place tonight. The message is preached already. It is well with your soul. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. I want to welcome all of us to church tonight. And I want to say the Lord bless you for bringing you tonight. We're glad to have you. We're glad to see your faces and uh, radiant. And um, we believe the Lord has been so gracious and wonderful in our lives as a people together. Amen. Uh, just in a short while, I'd like us to just say hi to each other. I know we did it, but let's just still greet one another. We'll never overdo it. Let's just say hi to one another and just say hi. Good evening. How are you doing? The Lord bless you. We love you with all of our hearts. <laughs> it's a small family, but let's, let's say hi to each other. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to talk to each other and, to, and just be warm. Particularly, it's cold outside. It's important for us to be warm. <laughs> Amen to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd like the children to come as we pray together tonight. I know you can't wait to go to your classes. Hallelujah. Jonah, but not with my pen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray for them. I want the parents to stretch their hands to these children. I know what we're thinking and I know what we're seeing every day in our society, but these ones will be different. Amen. These are world changers. These are peace setters. These are trailblazers. The Lord will use them to take territories for himself. They are a blessing to our families. They are a blessing to this generation. When people are under a covenant, regardless of their personal weaknesses, the Lord will bring them to the place of fulfillment. Jacob was such a man. He had so many weaknesses in his life, but God brought him to a place of fulfillment. I want us to stretch forth our hands and prophesy upon these children. We can't overdo it. Let's do it. 
Let's just pray a spirit. Let's speak by the spirit. I want us to take the place of a prophet tonight and speak by the spirit over this children. Let's close our eyes, children, and say amen as our parents pray for us. Father, we decree over them. It shall be well with these ones. They will take the battle to the gates of the enemy. They are conquerors. They are warriors for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We speak into your spirit, children. You will live to please God. You will grow up like Samuel in the fear of God. We use this one as point of contact for the brothers and sisters that are not here, that are still at home. That the hand of the Lord will be stretched forth upon them. You shall be great. You are blessed beyond the curse. You will be greater than all of us. In the name of Jesus. The spirit of greatness will come upon you. In whatever the Lord has chosen you for, you will excel in an amazing way. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. The Lord was showing me this week that we don't bless our children enough. We need to do it often and bless them. Not only in devotion. Anytime you see them, you feel like it. Just lay hands on them and bless them. The Lord bless you, children. Let's close our eyes. Father, we just commit them to you. You know we prayed for them from our hearts. We love them because you first loved them. We're custodians of these great gifts that you have given to us. We honor these gifts. We're praying for them tonight. The Lord, as they go to their respective classes, you'll be with them. Amen. Lord, teach their teachers to teach them. Amen. Grant wisdom to their teachers. Let them bring them the right words, the right revelation, a word in season. Thank you, Father. We bring all of these children under the cover of the blood of Jesus. We pray for their brothers and sisters at home that couldn't make it to church tonight. We decree it is where they are secure, they are safe, they are protected from the evil one. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. The Lord bless you, children. Have a wonderful time in your class today. I'll see you after service, okay? Enjoy it, and uh, we love you, but we have to release you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bow down our heads as we pray. Let's bow down our heads as we pray tonight. Father, the Lord of life, the very creator of all things, the greatest lover that I had ever been. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are grateful to be in this place tonight. This is the greatest place to be, your very presence. Tonight, as we gather together, we pray for the release of the divine power that raised Jesus from the dead to quicken our mortal body, including our minds, to receive from you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we have prayed ahead of time. We are repeating tonight. We activate in the spirit. We pray for the release of the faith of the people of God to receive tonight in the name of Jesus. 
that this word that you have given and that you are about to say to us will be a blessing to each of us. Father, speak through my vocal cord tonight. Lord, bypass my human elements and weaknesses. Lord, let your word come without any prejudice, without any limitation. Lord, without any prior information. Lord, whatever wrong information that I've been heard, Lord, I ask, oh God, that your spirit will bypass all of that. And Lord, it will minister life to your people and there will be a curacy of revelation. There will be a witness in the hearts of God's people tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you praise and honor because we know you're faithful. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And man, tonight we're going to take two prayers before I share together. Two prayers before we, before we share together tonight. I'd like us to pray together with me that the Lord will lead us as individuals into the next level of glory. I'm telling you, I want us to pray to Lord, lead me into the next level of divine glory. Now, when God called Moses, this is what I saw. Moses saw the supernatural power of God in Egypt. The rod, which was the rod of a shepherd that he had in his hand, turned to be a serpent and swallowed all the serpents of the magician. Moses, by the hand of God, led the people of God out of the land of Israel. The Bible said, by a mighty hand. That's what the scripture says. They got to the Red Sea, the same rod that became a serpent. The Bible said, the Lord said to him, stretch for that rod. Of course, we know tonight that no sea can part because of a stick. It was God who passed the Red, who parted the Red Sea because he was interested in his people. Now, the people passed on a dry ground. I was reading one of the Josephus' writings this week, and it touched me. According to the writing of this story, and he said, the place that the people passed while they were going through the Red Sea, it was as though there was never water on that land. It was as dry as riding on a desert land. That's how dry that ground was when they were passing. It's a miraculous manifestation of God. And I believe tonight, that the only reason that can keep the hand of God back is if I don't believe he can do it. When Moses stretched for that rod, the Bible said the water stood like a wall. My God. And the people passed on a dry ground. Now, the same Moses spoke to God when they got into the wilderness. He said, oh God, that I may see your glory. And God, the Bible says, he revealed himself by the backside of himself. He saw another level of God's glory. He came back to the people. The Bible says they could not behold his face. Moses' face was covered with a veil because of the glory that was emitting from that face. May the Lord baptize us with another level of glory. When we reach a certain level in our work with God, what is called natural? will become supernatural because God will begin to do tremendous work. I want us to close our eyes and we're going to pray. Lord, lead me into the next level of glory in my life. Lead me into the next level of glory in my life. Can we just pray that prayer in one minute? Let's just pray. Let's just speak to the Lord. Lord, lead me to the next level of glory in my life. In the name of Jesus. Lead me, Lord, to the next level of divine glory in my life. Lord, where there will be no struggle, 
where there will be an end to every oppression in my life. Lord, where there will be a dramatic transformation of my life. In the name of Jesus, lead me to the next level of divine glory. Thank you, Father. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we'll give you glory tonight. In Jesus' precious name, we'll pray. I want us to take the second prayer. We're going to pray, Lord, tonight, create a new momentum in my life. As I begin to walk with you, as I begin to pursue you, Lord, create a fresh momentum. <laughs> a fresh momentum. A fresh momentum in the fear of God. A fresh momentum in righteousness. A fresh momentum in my family life. A fresh momentum. Do you know it gets to a level we become tired of ourselves, even? But let's pray that there will be a new enthusiasm. There will be a new momentum in my spirit, oh God, to love you, to walk with you. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to pray. One of the spirits of the age, the Bible says, is that the art of men will begin to fail them for fear. There will, there will be complacency. I want us to pray, Lord, let there be a new momentum in my life tonight. In the name of Jesus, create a new momentum in my life tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and honor tonight. We exhort you because we know you're faithful. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. I'm going to take my reading tonight. Let's open our Bibles together to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. Some of the Bible will call it the book of a preacher. Chapter 3. I'm going to read selected verses this evening. I'm going to read verse 1. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the works that God does from beginning to end. Verse 14. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it, now, anything taken away from it, God has done it that man may fear before him. Tonight, to everything there is a season. The Bible says, under heaven, there is a law that governs the operation of things under heaven. The Bible says, to everything there is a season. Taking us back to Genesis chapter 8. I read to us last week in verse 22. And I mentioned to us why we were here last week. In Genesis chapter 8. In verse 22, 
Are we there? Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. What does the scripture say very specifically in Genesis 8, 22? This is what it says. It says, while the earth remains. The book of Ecclesiastes says to everything under heaven, there is a season. The book of Genesis says, while the earth remains, in other words, whatever is under heaven is governed by the principle that's about to be said. It says, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the Bible says, to everything there is a season. In other words, tonight, everything in our life is time sensitive. Every purpose of God in the life of God's people is time sensitive. Time is of essence in the realm of the spirit. Everything that is done today is done under the governance of time. Ordained of God. I believe tonight to plant in the wrong cycle of life is to wait in vain for a harvest. Correct? To plant in the wrong cycle is to wait in vain for a harvest. In other words, every planting must be done at the appropriate time. A farmer that fails to plant at the planting time will miss the harvest. Meaning tonight, our effort must be channeled towards the seasons of God. There are seasons in our lives. Every one of us has got seasons in our lives. What determines success or failure is our preparedness, our readiness, the ability to connect ourselves when expected. There are times that we are expected to connect ourselves. I believe tonight that wisdom prevails in our lives when we recognize God's season and the season in which we are in. Wisdom prevails. In the book of Isaiah 43, this is what the scripture says, Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. Because we are God's covenant people, the Bible says, Behold, I would do a new thing. Remember not the old things. Behold, I would do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Tonight I'm about to share with us on understanding your seasons in God. Understanding your seasons in God. 
when we have understanding of the season in which we live, our lives will be placed on a divine program. I know for sure tonight that we serve a God who has never failed, who will not begin to fail with us, and who will never fail. What stops many of us as believers in entering into the beautiful plan of God is when we miss out on the seasons of God. But my prayer is this, that from tonight, we will begin to connect and take advantage of the seasons of God. I have found out that the, the most, the most, or the, the wisest farmer is the farmer that knows his season and plants at the right time and plants in its right place. That's the farmer that is wise. Everybody looks for that farmer and says, oh, he knows how to do it. The reason to why you know how to do it is because you do it at the right time. I also found out that even salvation is sometimes sensitive. There are many that because of playing with their destiny, they took lightly the counsel of God in the gospel. Many of them have died without Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, this is what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'm going to read to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, For he says, In the acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. In other words, God will provide help for a man in the time of salvation. He said, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In other words, even the salvation of the soul of a man is time sensitive. I remember very vividly in the year 1989, I met a young man in a church, a friend. And I remember giving him a tract, 48 hours in hell. I gave my life to Christ and I called him and I said, friend, look, living life the way you want will not earn you anything. He looked at me and said, what are you talking about? You've done one of those SUs and you've joined. And I said, it's not about being SU. It's about your eternity. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And loses his soul. What will he give in exchange for his soul? That's how valuable a man's soul is before God. What will he give in exchange for his soul? Remember this young man, a friend? I, I gave him that tract. And he, he smiled at me and then he said, well, I'll talk to you later. I left. I was in school. I came back. In January the following year, he was dead. I will never forget it the rest of my life. Never forget it. We never. I remember his face clearly. I remember when I gave it to him and I said, well, you don't have to do much. The problem is many have been misinformed about the gospel. That when you become a child of God, you become the worst person the, the world has ever seen. You become the, the dregs and the scum of the society. That's the, that's the belief. You become taciturn and morose. That's the, that's the belief in the mind of an average person who does not know Christ. But they have forgotten that the life in Jesus is the most beautiful, is the most excellent life. There is nothing in the world that can be used to compare this. Many of us have been born again for years. We understand that the greatest place to be is to be at peace with God. 
is to be at peace with God. You can be at peace with men. They are men that will not last. When you are at peace with God, it does not matter who is against you. If God be for us, who can be against us? If you are at peace with God, your life is settled. You may not have the offers of the world, but you have the God of peace living on the inside of you. He died. I remember trying to go in to, to see the parents. I stood at the door. I couldn't enter the house. And I remember vividly, and I said, oh my God, I wish he listened. I wish he did. What am I saying tonight? Even the salvation of the soul of a man. It's time sensitive. And that brings a great challenge to us as believers. That as you leave this place tonight, every unbeliever that we meet, let's allow the Holy Spirit to stir up our heart and our spirit to tell them about Jesus. Because you never know where they're going to be tomorrow. They may look great and strong and mighty today. But you see, you never know where they're going to be tomorrow. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and after that, judgment. Judgment. I'm coming back. Time. And seasons in life. Tonight I have a few things to share with you that will trigger some help in our hearts tonight. I believe from the look of Luke chapter 19, I saw something that I don't think I've seen in a long time. Luke 19, I'm going to read for us to see. Luke 19. I'm going to read verses 41 to 42. And then I'll come back. I'm going to be in Luke a lot tonight. But I want us to see Luke 19 verses 41 to 42. The Bible says now as he drew near, this is speaking about Jesus. This was just before he was arrested, before he was betrayed. The Bible says as he drew near he saw the city and wept over it. This is Jerusalem. Same. Luke 19 verses 41 to 44. If you had known, even you especially, in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus was weeping over a city, and Jesus was speaking to a city as if he was, he was personifying Jerusalem. Do we see it? You, if you know what belongs unto your peace. If you had met such a man speaking over a city, you would have wondered, what is going on? What is the problem with him? But Jesus was seen beyond many of us. If you have known what belongs unto your peace, verse 43, for the days will come upon you when your enemy will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you one stone upon another. But you did not know the time of your visitation. You denied. It was coming. I wrote here one strategic revelation. It's a revelation of the seasons of God. The due seasons of God in our lives. Knowing the season of God in our lives will essentially determine what we need to do and what we do not need to do. How many of us believe tonight that Israel if we've been studying history, I've been waiting for the Messiah. They have prayed. They've been expectant. Don't forget, they were under the imperialistic rule of the Roman government. Do we remember that? Before Jesus was born. They had to pay taxes. They had to serve Caesar. 
And these men and women believed that there was a promise in the word of God that in the last day the Messiah would come. And the Messiah they were expecting. But guess what, church? When the Messiah came, they did not know him. They didn't know him. And the reasons why they could not recognize the Messiah was because the Messiah did not come the way they thought. Their expectations of the Messiah were beaten. Now, let me give us a few reasons why they could not recognize the Messiah. Number one, the perception and the worldview of most Jews was the kind of Messiah being expected was that he was going to be a warrior. Jesus came to make peace. That was what they were expecting. They were expecting a, a Messiah that was going to bring war against the Roman government. But Jesus, when he came, started making peace. And they said, uh, couldn't have been the Messiah. There were several people who came and said, we have found the Messiah. They said, which Messiah? The Messiah we're waiting for. He's going to come with a sword in his mouth. He's going to destroy all the works of the enemy. It did not come in the way they were expecting. Number two. They expected a lion. Jesus came as a lamb. That's what they were expecting. But he came as a lamb. A lamb that was born in the manger. Can you imagine the Lord of glory, the King of kings, the Lord of lords? There was no place for him in the hymn. In the place where children are born, Jesus couldn't find a place. He was born among sheep. In the manger. In the worst of all places to be born. They put the things, the, the animal food together, they lay him on those trash. That's where he was born. And I know the reason for that. Jesus reached to the worst places in the world because he was coming as a Messiah, not to those who have found a place, a beautiful place, even for those who are, who are homeless. Jesus is the Lord for all. Number three. They expected a champion. To dethrone and oppose the Roman imperialism and domination. But he came asking for submission to authority. Do we remember? Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. They were expecting a human government, a rulership that was going to be set up his government like any other government. But when he came, he came to establish a kingdom that is controlled in the realm of the spirit. It was a spiritual government. Not a physical government. Number four. They were expecting a champion that would be prejudiced against the Gentiles and the heathen and other nations. But Jesus came and went into Samaria. Healed the heathen and the Gentiles. Helped with those who were task collectors. That was not what they were expecting. So they could not believe this is the Messiah. And you know what happened? They missed their season because of that. It's possible because of prejudice. It's possible because of religion. It's possible because of wrong perception. That's why we need to be careful about God's moment, God's season, God's time in our lives. That we are not preconditioned in our mind on certain ways by which God will move in our lives. We know the result. The Messiah came and they rejected him. That's why John chapter 1 verse 12. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. In verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory of only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Time is with God. 
and does not operate on our own calendar or agenda. And this is amazing to me because even the priests, even those who are those who are high up in the realm of the spirit, sometimes if they are not careful, they will miss the season of God. Now, to occupy positions of authority in the church, to be a preacher, to be a priest or a prophet is not the reason to recognize the seasons of God. It has nothing to do with it. And that's my joy tonight, that God can relate with lowly people like us. That we don't have to be great preachers for God us to understand the seasons of God. That many times, the people that we honor and give glory to are people who are just dead to, and, and to the perception of the things, and they cannot sense the things of God. The day that God manifested himself to John the Baptist, the Bible said there were many, there were many scribes, there were notable names, but God revealed himself to John, a young man. Who knew nothing. Nobody knew him. That's the person God revealed himself to. What am I saying tonight? I'm going to share a story with us. It's going to amaze us. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to see your story after story. Of seasons. How people recognize God's season. And let's read together. Luke chapter 1. Let's see a couple of stories tonight. And no time. And I'm going to, I'm going to close in on this. We're there together, Luke chapter 1. I'm just going to read in quick succession a few verses. Now, this story is about Zechariah. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 5. That was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was a daughter of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. These were notable names in Israel. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. These were holy men, a man and woman. They were wonderful people. They were devoted men. I wrote down in my note, I said, Zechariah was a devoted, dedicated, committed priest. Yet, he lost contact with God's timing. He was devoted. He was always there. Let's read what the Bible says. The Bible says in verse 7, but they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Facts. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division. I want us to underline that in your Bible, while he was serving. I'm going to get there. While he was serving. According to this, the custom of the priesthood, his Lord fell to burn incense when he went to the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hall of incense. The angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is that. Do we see that in our Bible? What did he say happened? Your prayer is what? Is that. How can somebody's prayer be heard, and yet it's still a trouble? Your prayer is heard. He says, And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Verse 14, and you shall have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drinks. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Verse 16, and they will turn many of the children of Israel to the, to the Lord their God, and they will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers of the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18. I want us to pay attention to that. Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? Now, does that sound like an offenseless request? It's just like, you know, how can I know this? That's not the way it is. From the original, I'm going to read to us what it means. I went to check this out. 
And this is what it says here. Let's hear what Zechariah said. I'm going to read from another version. I'm going to read from the message. Because I was wondering what makes it different from what Mary said. I'm going to tell us what makes it different tonight. This is what it says in the message. Luke chapter 1. Hallelujah. This is verse 18. This is what it says in the message. It says, And Zechariah said to the angel, Do you expect me to believe this? <laughs> Do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man, and my wife is an old woman. A fact, he was saying. He was actually explaining the true situation. I'm an old man, and do you expect me to believe this at my age? You know what happened? The closer we think we are to God, we call it the tyranny of the familiar. We get so close to God that we become so familiar that we take him for, for a ride. Contempt is called. Are we, do we get this? It? It's so easy that those who think they're very close to God can begin to take God by contempt. He said, do, do you think I'm going to believe this? I've lived with this problem all my life. I'm too old to experience any miracle. My wife is too old to even give birth to a child. I have a question for all of us tonight. Has Zechariah read about Abraham or not? A priest, definitely. <laughs> definitely read about Abraham. Yet he said, do you expect me to believe this? And he just said, ah, okay. Let's hear the answer of Gabriel. Let's hear what he said. He said in verse 19, an angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. I'm an angel. I stand in the, he, he gave him his credential. I stand in the presence of God. I didn't come on my own accord. Somebody sent me to speak to you. And yet, you're saying, do you believe? How do you expect me to know? And he just said, because of this. Very simple. But behold, you will be mute. I won't kill you. Not be able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe the words. I want us to watch this. The words which will be fulfilled when? In their season. Hallelujah. The words which will be fulfilled in their season. Zechariah was just an, a man found himself in the seasons of God. God needed a forerunner. Somebody to stand ahead of Jesus to erode the coming of the king of kings. And God looked around the city. He found a priest at the time that God was looking for somebody to give back to a forerunner. And said, I found you. I'll give you a baby. And the man said, do you believe? You don't believe? No problem. You'll be quiet because I don't want to say that to those who are out there. People were waiting for him. Don't pronounce this. It wasn't a punitive measure. It's just to keep the man's mouth shut. Keep him shut for a little while. Let him wait to see the miracle of God. But you know the good news tonight? What he said and what he did did not prevent what God wanted to do. Many of us have said the wrong words at some time in your life, but God is saying tonight, regardless of what you have said, what you have done, I will bring it to pass anyway. Amen. Oh yes, I'll bring it to pass anyway, regardless of what you have said. Regardless of your unbelief, I will bypass your unbelief. In my season, I will bring it to pass what I have a portion for your life. I will bring it to pass. Regardless of his unbelief. It brought it to pass. 
Let me drive it a little closer now. I watched this man. The man inside Zechariah said, I'm old. And God isn't aware that I'm old. My wife is old. And why is him? That is why it is impossible. I wrote that in my Bible. God came to Zechariah when it, is, it was impossible and unlikely. Did we hear that? When it was what? Impossible and unlikely. Are there things in our lives we thought it's impossible and unlikely? Maybe that's the time that God wants to show up. The season of God has nothing to do with our own agenda. It will break in when it wants to. Hallelujah. I have a, I have a long journey tonight. Let me quickly go off my journey. Number two, I want us to watch this. In the same passage, the same angel was sent to a young woman, virgin, unknown, not a priest. She probably wasn't known by many people, but let's see what happened to this young woman. The same passage, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Let's see what the Bible says here. The Bible says in verse 26. Now, in the sixth month of the angel, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, and to a virgin betrothed to a woman, to a man, whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled, like Zechariah, at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can these things be, since I do not know a woman? I do not know a man. And the angel said, and the angel answered and said to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Indeed, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month of, of her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Let me read that sentence by Mary in the New Living Translation, verse 38. This is what it says. This is what it says. And Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. I'm willing to accept everything that he wants. A maid servant, a little girl, she understood the timing and the season of God. Her query was, I'm a virgin. How is it that I'm going to give birth to a child? And just said, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that was the last question she asked. She has never seen anybody giving birth through the Holy Spirit. She knew before you can have a child, you need a man. But she believed. Regardless, be it unto me, O God, according to your word. Let me quickly say this to us tonight. When it comes to the season of God in our life, the material that is needed is the word. Ever said the word? The material that is needed is the promise. Ever said the promise? Do you have a promise from God? Do you have a word from God? That is the material that is needed. The Bible says if you have a word from God, if you have a promise from God, that promise will come to pass in their season. There is a season appointed by God for his word to come to pass. 
His will will be accomplished if we dare to trust him. Let me take us to the book of Genesis chapter 18. I want us to quickly see in succession the difference between this man and Abraham. I started with this man. But I want us to see the difference between this man and Abraham. Let's take a look at this man. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Maybe I'll read more than that. What the Lord is doing tonight, I'm going to tell us. What the Lord is doing is that I believe that some of us are in the seasons of God already. Some of us are about to enter into it. Some of us are at the brink that which God is about to do something in your life and you need this word to be able to react appropriately. You know, many times in life, we need to be proactive, understanding the mind and the will of God. Hallelujah. Uh, so that's what the Lord is doing. The Lord is preparing our heart, the ground of our heart, so that we will be ready people for the visitation of God. The Bible says of Israel, they did not know the time of their visitation. But God is bringing us to understanding tonight. Genesis, Genesis 18, this is what he says. Then the Lord appeared to him, this is Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamar. As he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. The man was sitting in the heat of the day. So he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. Everybody say when he saw them. I'm seeing a man tonight who was not a priest, but a man who knew the mind of God. He has failed before. He understood the ways of God now. He was sitting in the heat of day. In an ordinary day, when God is going to visit you, it's not going to be something, it's not going to be a fabulous, fantastic time. It's going to be an ordinary time. A noonday, usual day, nothing spectacular. He was just under the sun. He was sitting under the tree because of the sun. But at that time, he knew that the timing of God's visitation had come. The Bible said when he saw, he looked. Many times in our life, God will help us to be able to look. You know, many times we see, but we do not look. It says, when they saw, he looked. Because I don't know why this is repeated. We notice in the scripture, it says, he lifted up his eyes and he looked. He looked. He was not looking at the man. He was looking at their personality. He knew these were messengers from God. He perceived his sense in his spirit. This was an ordinary man. The Bible says here, while standing three men by him, when he saw them, he ran to the door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. How many of us know tonight you do not bow as a Jew to anyone except you know they are representatives of God? You do not bow. You do not bow except you bow to God. And every Jew, by their training, would never bow to anyone except Jehovah. He bowed to the ground because he knew these were the messengers of God. Now what happened to this man? And said, my Lord, if I have not found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. I love this man. He said, do not pass me by. I know you're on a mission. Don't pass me by. Lord, I want to seize this moment. I want to take advantage of what you're doing now. Lord, don't pass me by. I need help. Don't pass me by. He said, please let a little water be brought. I love this. Do you know in the seasons of, of God in our lives, do not abandon your goodwill. This man brought that water. He ran inside and invited his wife. I want to speak to all that are men tonight. I know that God has blessed many of us men, but we must remember, whatever God is doing in your life, take your wife along. 
The man ran inside and said, look, you prepare food. Let me bring the animal. He prepared the animal. The wife prepared the food and they brought before the angels. I'm sure you were wondering, well, do angels eat human food? That is not the real point. The real point here was that there was no single occurrence in this place that said Abraham undermined what he saw. He knew what he saw. Let's read verse 9. Then he, they said unto him, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will suddenly return to you according to the time of life. I will say time of life. So there is a time of life. And Sarah, behold, and behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. At least she didn't laugh outside. She laughed inside. <laughs> Saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I bear a child since I am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. According to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Do you know all through this scripture, there was not a single place where Abraham challenged what he heard. He did not waver at what he heard. Now I know reason. The wife looked at herself and said, what are they talking about? But Abraham said, no word came out of his mouth. Do you know what I said to myself? When you do not know what God is doing, at least be quiet. Amen? The safest place to be when you don't understand what is going on, be what? Be quiet. The safest point is to be quiet and watch. Jesus, one of his recommendations in the book of Mark chapter 13, he says, watch and pray. When I went to check the word, the word watch and pray, it actually means watching for the season, the right season of God's visitation. That's what it means. He says, watch and pray. In other words, when you do not know what is going on, at least you can see and wait patiently to see what God will do. This man waited for the season of God. And God began to manifest himself. Now, in Genesis 21, let's see the result of this. Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God has spoken to him. I have a word to say to us tonight. Whatever God has said to you, it will bring it to pass. Amen. Regardless of the condition, regardless of the facts, regardless of how you feel or how you do not feel about it, when God speaks, there is a due season for the fulfillment of the word of God. God spoke to Abraham while he was 75, but the time was not right until he was 100. Hallelujah. The time wasn't right. The time wasn't right. When the time is right, I wrote down here, when the season is right, everything works. Amen? When the season is what? When the season is right, everything works. Everything works. In the book of Daniel chapter 2 verse 21, the Bible says, God can change times and seasons. One of the key lessons tonight is that knowing our season and unnessing it. I said to myself before I came here, God is the only friend that I know that when he sees you, when he meets you, he does not leave you less than he met you. There are friends that we, met, that we have. They will leave us less 
Because they will speak evil about us when we're not there. They will deride us. They will look contempt, you know, they will look at us with contempt. Many times, because they know everything about you, you mean nothing to them anymore. But when God meets with you, he leaves you better than he met you. You know how I know that? When of us were met when we were fearful, we had no hope. I wrote down here, we were hopeless. We had body. But you know what he did? We were liars. But this is what he did. When he came and when he left us, he left us with peace. He left us with joy. He left us with hope. And he left us with his light. He is the greatest friend that I've ever found. He is never bothered at your trouble. In fact, the Bible says, he, he, you know, he derides no one. He looks down on no one. What a God we serve tonight. This is the greatest friend you can ever have. I was studying the story of Moses tonight, and I'm going to close on this. <sighs> Do you know, nothing in life happens except the season is right. Moses was a young man. Well, before he became a young man, when he was born, God knew that Pharaoh, that was, sorry, Pharaoh was killing all the young children. And when Moses was born, Moses was born and he was left by the waterside. How is it that the, daughters, the daughter of Pharaoh had to come to the river? She was a very influential lady. She could have a pool in her house. If you know Egypt, Egypt was a world power. How could she come to a public place? Because when the time is right, God will reorganize things to be in your favor. I don't know where I'm getting what I'm saying tonight. When the time is right, it will reorganize things. Look, people will make decisions that will favor what God wants to do in your life. How did she come to the river? To a public place. And how is it that when she was going to see that child, something inside her said, ask for somebody to take care of this baby. And the lady that was said, I know who's going to take care of this baby. I know, I know. I know a young woman who will take care of this baby. And the very mother was brought to take care of a baby. Every expense paid for. Living in the house they never, they never worked for. Living in their own enemy's house. The enemy feeding them. When God's time is right. God will organize those who even are your enemies. When a man's ways pleases the Lord. He will, he will make his enemy to be at peace with him. When a man's way pleases the Lord. The Bible says, mark ye a perfect man. The end of that man is peace. Mark a perfect man. Hallelujah. I'm going to close tonight. Amen. Ah. What happens when the seasons of God come in our lives? I know the biggest question many of us are going to ask tonight. How do I know the seasons of God? Is that not true? I want to ask that question. I don't have time to tell us all of that tonight, but I'm going to mention it in quick succession. Number one, understand the promise and the word. Uh, uh, understand the promise of God for your life. A specific word, as you seek God in prayer. In other words, when you go to pray, make sure you receive a specific word. Understand the promise of God in your life. That's the one thing. How do I know? It begins by knowing the promise. Hallelujah! By knowing the promise and holding on to the promise. I know, church. Can you give me five minutes, church? Five minutes. Let me, just, let me just clarify this. Act 7. I want us to read Acts of the Apostle chapter 7. Because we need to understand this. Act 7. Let's read it together. Acts 7, 17. Let me read that to us. Acts 7, 17 reads, But when the time of the promise drew near, which God has sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Ever say when the time of the promise drew near? When the time drew near. So the time drew near. Till another king arose who did not know Joseph. 
the, the man, this man dreads treacherously with our people and oppress our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. At this time, Moses was born. At the time, it says in verse 17, but when the time of the promise drew near, hallelujah, when the time of the promise drew near, we must understand the promise and hold on to the promise. Number two, I'm going to take my second point from that same Luke chapter 2 that we left. It's an incredible reading. I want us to see it together. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read 25 to 27. Are we there together? 25 to 27, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. What was he waiting for? The due season. It was a due season. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see that before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit. Everyone say he came by the Spirit. Ah. The, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. The Bible says he came by the Spirit. The second reason or the second way to know is to have an absolute dependence on the Holy Spirit. Everyone say absolute dependence. On the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible says, but God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. In the book of Daniel chapter 2, verse 22, the Bible says, he knows what is the darkness, and light dwells with him. Operating under the power of the Spirit, as God's people, one way to know the season of God is to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Be dependent on the Holy Spirit. Number three. Number three. Number three is in the few verses after that. And I'm going to read further. In that same chapter 2, from verse, in verse 27. It says, and it came by the Spirit. I'm going, to read, I'm going to look down a little bit. In verse 36, the Bible said, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was a great, of a great age, and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a, a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, ever say coming in at that instant, does it sound like what these people experienced, the two of them? She came in at that instant. Why? How is it that it came in at the instant when Jesus was brought to the temple for a dedication? That was the time that Simeon came into the temple, led by the Spirit. Anna also came into the temple but what was the secret in Anna's life? Number one, I found out that Anna had more trouble than many of us today. She's been widowed for over 80 years. She had no family. She had nothing. But she did something. The Bible says she served God. Ever she served God. I have noticed in life, when a man keeps serving God, your season will come and overtake you right there. You will find yourself in the right season. I have seen many sisters who... You know, they've been praying for a partner for so many years. But while they're working and doing God's work and getting busy in the kingdom, God will bring the right person to their lives. If you keep waiting and running everywhere, look, you won't get it. There are many miracles in our lives that will come as we get busy for God. As we get busy to do the right thing. God, the Bible tells us, you know, whatever your aunt finds to do, do it with all your might. You'll never know the day that God will visit. Serve. 
They were serving God. Let's plunge our lives as families. Let's plunge our lives into evangelism. Let's plunge our lives into this kingdom assignment. You never know she was serving. The Bible said the next thing, number two reason in the life of this woman. The Bible said she served with fastings and prayers. I underline in my Bible S and S. It was not prayer and fasting. It was fastings and prayers. How many of us know that many times we give up on the decision of God because we, we had three days fasting and prayer and we expected after the three days fasting and prayer something will happen. If it didn't happen, then we say, we're, we're tired of this fasting and prayer. But the Bible said fastings and prayers. We don't know how long she did it, but she was just fastings and prayers. So in other words, don't do one and relax and give up. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. When it doesn't appear, it's working. Let's keep doing the right thing. She knew fasting and prayer and serving God was right, and she kept doing the right thing. When you do the right thing, the right time will come. Hallelujah. When you do the right thing, the right what? The right season will come. She served God wholeheartedly. The Bible says night and day. I love that. You know the meaning of night and day? When it is convenient and when it is not convenient. Many of us, night season is a sleeping time. But this lady will wait on the Lord in the middle of the night and she will pray and she will fast. The season came on her. She saw what she's been waiting for. She saw the Lord of glory. Like Simeon saw, like Simeon saw the Lord of glory. The Lord will bring you into his own season in your life. But we need to know how to get there. How do I know? Know the promise. Number two, let's walk by the Holy Spirit. Number three, let's serve God acceptably. Number four, let's begin to wait in fasting and in prayer. And God will bring us there. Let's not give up on God. Day and night will come. Let's stand for your season will come. Let's rise, let's rise up to pray tonight. Let's rise up to pray tonight. Your season will come. I perceive in my spirit tonight that the time for God to favor each of us tonight has come. Many of us are about to enter into a new season in our lives. I want us to pray tonight and say, oh God, oh God, it is my season. It is my time. It is my time. You have labored for long. Don't give up now. It is no time to give up. The Bible says fastings and prayers. Fastings and prayers. Fasting and prayers. Uh, when we're close to it, the enemy's battle will be for us. Yes, when we're close to it, the enemy's battle will be for us. I want us to pray and say, Lord, I commit myself to you. It is my season to see a new change in my life. It is my season to see the hand of God in my life. It is my season to see the glory of God. I enter into the season of God for my life. In the name of Jesus, I receive from you, O God, today. In the name of Jesus, I enter into a new season, a new level of glory, a new level of help. In the name of Jesus. Yes, my Father. We look up to you tonight for a new season in our lives. We receive from you tonight a new season. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to say to us tonight, the promise of God has power. Ever say it has power. I want us to pray tonight. Lord, tonight I hold on to the promise. I don't know the promises that you're holding on to over my life, over my family, over my children. I hold on to your promise. Lord, I know that your promise has power. Your promise has power. Your promise has power. 
let your promise come to fulfillment in my lifetime. Lord, all that you have said, let it come to manifestation. Yes, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I do not give up. I will not give up. I hold on to you. I hold on to the horn of the altar. Let it come to pass. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, bring it to pass. Bring it to pass, Lord. We hold on to the honor of the altar tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The last prayer. Amen. Do you know many of us have been in some difficult situation? But may I say something to you tonight? It doesn't look good. But you know what it is? It is set up by God. Many of us have found ourselves many times in a setup. It doesn't look good. But it is set up by God. I've been there many times. I've been there many times. That things happen. Things happen that you don't expect. And you wonder, God, why? But it's a setup. It's a divine setup. God is putting things together. He's arranging things together. God is organizing things together. The Bible tells me, that's the prayer we're going to pray last. Lines are falling onto us in pleasant places. Yeah, we have a goodly heritage. I want us to pray tonight and say, Lord, lines are falling into pleasant places for me. Oh yes, for my children, for my family, lines are falling into pleasant places. I made a decision to follow you. Lord, create. Lord, make available that which you have promised. Let it come to pass. I pray today. I push it forward. Oh yes, Lord. I want to see this baby born. Lord, I want to see this dream come to pass. Lord, I want to see you manifest yourself. Lord, I know that the difficult time is a setup by you. Uh, the times when it is not enough, it's a setup by you. Lord, to prepare me for greater days that are coming. Greater things are coming into your life. It is set up by God. Let's not miss our seasons in God. Yes, our Father, we bless you tonight. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Let's close our eyes together. I feel led to pray for some of us tonight. I just feel like that tonight. I want us to hold our hands into our hearts. Let's lay our right hand on our hearts. We trust you, our Father. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We just trust you. We trust you tonight. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray. Father, your people came from their homes tonight. People have laid in bed tonight. It's Sunday evening. It's a time to be with the family and eat and relax. But they choose to be here. The word says, where two or three are gathered in my name, they are mine and midst of them. Tonight we understand the seasons of God. Even their coming tonight was a setup by you. That they may get this. And go back home loaded. With the power of prayer. To enter into the seasons of God. That we may begin to react like Abraham, not like Zechariah. That we will be poised in the midst of difficult times. We will be prepared in the midst of impossible and unlikely times. Lord, that there will be, there will be a setup tonight. 
as you are setting them up for something greater than them. What you did in the life of Abraham was greater than Abraham. Lord, you're doing something in the lives of these people tonight that is greater than everyone standing in this place. It's going to pass on from them to their generation, to their children, to their children's children. Because something is about to break loose in their life that will create a momentum for your glory to be manifested. Lord, I pray tonight as we lay our hands upon our hearts, help us to believe you. The Bible says, Abraham hope against hope. Believe he that has promised, that he that has promised is able to do it. Lord, he did not stagger at the promise of God, but was strong in faith. Father, tonight, everyone in this place will be strong in faith. We will not stagger at the promise of God. The promise of a better future. The promise, the promise, the promise of a stronger family. The promise of a future that is beyond us. Lord, every promise that you have spoken in their hearts in a secret place, bring it to pass. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We belong to the Abraham's company, our Father. Lord, we will continue our goodwill. We will love people. We will be hospitable. We will give them what they need because we know our season is here. Lord, we have entertained angels many times in our lives. We are ready for another season of God. The glory of God is about to break forth in our lives. Oh yes, our Father, the baby of 25 years, a dream that we have been waiting upon you for, will be born. That baby will be born. We push that baby out of the belly. We push it out of the belly of God's divine destiny for our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. Jesus, precious name.